Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio presents Ice Sport Radio. The season has begun, everybody, and we are kicking things off with our Pacific Division preview. That's right. It is time to start looking at all the teams. We're going to go division by division. We are starting out west because, hey, you read left to right, so let's do it that way. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Let's just get right into it. Uh, let me introduce you to the panel. Let's lead it off with Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Uh, go Glitter Knights. Thank you and good night. It's short and sweet. I love it. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. I have a question. Is it really a suspension if you're suspended only for meaningless games and don't miss a paycheck? Nope. No. 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 It's called a vacation. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, Jake Voracek on Monday was talking about how badly he doesn't want to play in preseason games. Here's Max Domi, a young kid. Yeah, I ain't doing that shit. I'm just going to go punch Aaron Eckblad in the face. We'll get a chance to talk about it when we talk about the Arizona Coyotes uh, later in the show. So let's just throw it over, last but not least, the fly-by-herself Kelly Hinkle. Since we're declaring our loyalties as far as the Pacific Division goes, I'm a Sharks fan now. Thanks. I have a. I'm, I'm going to make an announcement at one point about my about changing my loyalty uh, among Western Conference teams. Um, longtime Kings fan, but I think I'm finally ready to make a jump. So let's get right into it with this Pacific Division preview, and we are going to start off with the uh, Pacific Division and Western Conference champions, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, your Glitter Knights, there, Steph. The Glitters! 109 points last year. Not a ton of turnover. They did make some additions. Uh, they went out and got Stasny. They made a deal for Pacioretty. And they lost James Neal, who was kind of a kind of a big deal for them. I, I don't know. I think they're going to miss James De- Neal a little bit. But looking at what this team is, I guess, can the magic continue? Do you still think they are, uh, I mean, do you think they're front runners of some kind? I think they made the right changes in the right places. I think that they're definitely still a contender. I think the the suspension for Nate Schmidt is going to hurt them. I think they need more help on defense. Um, like a, a trusty Robert Haig, maybe. <laughs> oh, Ooh. you're throwing That's that crazy. out there. I, I I think that they they do need they do need some help on defense. So that would be something that I hope they can address before the season starts. But I think, I think that they're definitely a, a contender. They're, I think they're definitely a playoff team, at minimum. Yeah, I think they're definitely a playoff team. I think what's going to be interesting with them is, like, it seemed like just about everyone agreed that they were playing above their talent level on paper. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that actually continues or if they regress a little bit closer to what everyone expected them to be last year. Um, but, I mean, the Pacioretty edition, I think, is a, a really good one for them. Yeah, I think they're going to regress, but I, I do agree they're a playoff team. Uh, I liked what they did in the offseason. I, I thought that 
I thought it would have been very easy for them just to sit on their hands and say, oh, we've got this great team, this great team atmosphere, and everything is great because we're the, you know, I think Hexel even said it like, well, they weren't the most talented team, but they were the best team. And it would have been very easy for them to just buy into that crap. But they didn't. They went out and they basically bought a second line. Like, Paul Stasny is a good second line center, and Max Pacioretty is a good first line winger, and that's pretty much going to be their second line. They'll have probably have Howla on that line too. And uh, and then boom, there's your second line behind that uh, the Smith Marchesso uh, Carlson line. So that's a hell of a top six. Uh, the defense, as Steph said, that's the concern. And the Schmidt suspension is going to hurt them. That's just where you know we always kind of looked at it and said, how can this team be winning so many games with this defense? And I think there were a lot of the reasons why they were able to do it was because Flurry was playing out of his mind in the second half of the year. Um, the com- the combination of the defense and Flurry likely not being that good, I think is going to have them drop down. But their top six is so talented, I think, top to bottom, that I think they'll kind of cruise. Maybe not cruise, but I think they're I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, last year, I mean, we just kept saying, especially into the playoffs where, you know, your blue line and your blue line depth seems to mean so much. You look at the way, you know, the teams who are favorites are built, like Nashville, uh, like Winnipeg, and you just go, how do, how are they doing it? And I think Colin Miller and Nate Schmidt are better than we recognized last year, better than we wanted to give them credit for. But like you said, Nate Schmidt now suspended for the first 20 games. Uh, I, they're going to struggle in that area. I do think they're going to regress, but at the same time, they made their team better like by going out and getting a Stasny and getting a, 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 a Patches that um, – I, I, I'm, it's such an interesting story, this team, the way everything fell into place last year and with Flurry just being the, the guy that he is. Like, do we expect Flurry to really to really uh, take a step back? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I would be super shocked if he played as well as he did last season. Just because, I mean, age-wise and all of that stuff, he's not playing for a contract anymore. Um, and, you know, just based on his history he was always solid in Pittsburgh but never that good and certainly never good in the playoffs um so yeah I I expect him to fall back and I think that if they do regress it's going to be on the back of like Steph said a poor defense and also Flurry not playing out of his mind I I... go ahead Charlie oh yeah no I think one thing that's fair to point out though with Flurry and I'm I think he's going to have a a worse year but like he was hurt a lot. That's what I was so, gonna say. Yeah, so like theoretically, I mean he could he could have like a worse save percentage this year, but actually provide almost as much value to the team as he did last year if he plays in fifteen more games. Yeah. He, yeah, he missed a significant portion of the season due to injury and, and it wasn't just him. I mean all of their goalies were injured. So Yeah, Malcolm Subban went down at one point. Like they were just basically pulling guys out of the stands yeah. uh, to to but, suit up a net for a night or two. And but that was kind of the magic of Vegas that I'm looking to see if it keeps going, that they were able to win in spite of all those things. If they have that same attitude and that same mentality, and it looks like they make their made their team a little better, they could win this division again. And that's crazy to say, considering some of the teams we're going to get to uh, and the talent that they're going to put out. But I'm not counting Vegas out of the, uh, of the top of the Pacific division. The Pacific kind of sucks. Oh, it's not the best division in the world. It's competitive, though. That's one thing I'll say. It is competitive. 
the and we'll we'll get to the next team now, the Anaheim Ducks, who had 101 points last year, uh, but it doesn't look like they did too much in the off season. They're kind of just banking on the team performing better in the postseason after finishing second and putting up the 100-plus points but getting swept in the first round by San Jose. They've been to two of the last four Western Conference Finals. They are the most annoying team in the league to me because I have zero interest in them, and they're (laughs) always freaking in it. I was just going to say that I am uh, 100% the fuck done with the Anaheim Ducks. I feel (laughs) like this version of the Anaheim Ducks has somehow been the version of the Anaheim Ducks that I've been watching for the last, like, 15 years, even though I know that's not true. It just feels that way. Like, I'm tired of Corey Perry. I'm tired of Getzlaff. I don't want to look at their dumb faces anymore. I hate no, that they continue to be competitive. Feel, those guys feel like Patrick Elias and Scott Gomez. Like, they're never going to go the fuck away. That's what it feels like. Yeah, and they're just, like, not likable none, players. None so it's like, they're good, but they're also detestable. And so it makes me completely uninterested in the success of their team. And I would prefer for them to go away. I will yeah. say, I I yeah. like their netminder, and I like their blue yeah. line. Yeah, like, I, I I don't hate the Ducks as much as everyone else does, just because, like, I don't like Getzlav and Perry, and Kessler's a shit. But I do like a lot of their mid-lineup players, and I really like a lot of the players in their defense, and I really like John Gibson. So I kind of... I kind always of anno- forget John Gibson exists. Yeah, like, it kind of annoys me that, like... Getzlav and Perry and Kessler are, like, the guys on that team because I don't like them, but I like everybody else. However, I just can't get past the fact that Randy Carlisle is the coach. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah, pretty that's... good, right? I mean, that's kind of the only entertaining thing about them. That that I will say, as much as I hate the Ducks, like, when the California teams play each other, I do very much enjoy it. Like, I don't want to watch Getzloff and Perry and Kessler unless it's facing off against Dustin Brown or facing off against Logan Couture. Like, then I'm all about it. Oh, God. Speaking about someone else who's just completely unlikable. <laughs> Dustin like Brown? Couture. No, Couture. Oh, the other one. Captain oh, he's, America. He's very unlikable. I'm with Steph on this one. Is he? I so no like the ducks, the ducks are this team that's always in it, and they're just kind of annoying. Where do you see them in this division this year? Is it still top three, just because they are always there? What do you what do you actually expect out of the ducks? They didn't change anything, and they are a hundred and one point team. Yeah, I, I think what they're banking on, and I understand where they're coming from, is essentially this idea that the entire first half of last season they were hurt. Like everyone yeah. was, everyone was injured on that team, and they sort of, they sort of basically tread water for the first three, four months of the year, and then everybody got back, and they were pretty good. Like their under underlying numbers got better, their their depth scoring was good, like everything kind of went back to the way it was supposed to be until the playoffs when they just, quite frankly, sucked. Um, so I think they're just sort of banking on, okay, well we just repeat the second half with the same guys, we'll be fine, and they might be like. They do have, as, as we've talked about, like Gibson is one of the better goalies in hockey, and they've got him now. He's still in his prime. He's 25 years old. They have a lot of good depth. Like, I mean, Ricard Raquel's really good. I'm a big Silverberg fan. Cogliano, Andre Kasha, David's older brother's good. Hampus Lindholm, I think, is one of the most underrated defensemen in hockey. Like, they have good players. As I said, I just don't think their head coach is that good. So the question, like, 
year one, I felt like Carlisle was still kind of piggybacking off of what Boudreaux had already built there. And then um, and then year two wasn't as good. And I'm kind of afraid that year three is going to be a total disaster. Where I mean, that- did Ricard Raquel come from? Because Men's- everyone was talking him. about him last season, and I just don't remember ever hearing his name before. They drafted him. I believe they drafted yeah. him, right? He's been there a little while, I think. Yeah, I think he was like a second round pick. Mm. Let me, yo, first first yeah. round pick, late first round pick in 2011. He's been around for a while. Last, and he's good. He's really good. Yeah, last year with his was his fourth full season. Uh, they've all been with Anaheim. Uh, 2011 two, first round, 30th overall. Two straight yeah. 30 goal seasons, and last year he had the nicest point total ever. <laughs> see that's the thing with the ducks like they're just so not worth caring about that you don't even realize that they have a whole bunch of good players (laughs) and that's i feel like their team much like the kings a couple years ago who were almost better built for the playoffs but they haven't had that playoff success that they'd had early in some of their star players tenure i don't know they're a tough team to figure out Maybe because I just don't pay attention to, like, close enough attention to them. I feel like they should be better in the playoffs than they are. I think they're, like, they're better built for that kind of hockey. They definitely should. They definitely blew it last year. I just think that this whole division is garbage, and that's why you see the same handful of teams in the playoffs every single year, because the division is garbage. Yeah. I I, I think if if these teams with these players were in a different division, they wouldn't be playoff teams. Yeah, you're probably right about that. All right, guys, so now I want to talk about the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Sharks, I have finally, baby. I have finally abandoned the Kings, and this is my new favorite Western Conference team. Uh, they have Carlson and Burns. They're a team built to do the thing I love, and that's activate their D-men. Uh, the Sharks, I just now, I just now adore them so much. They got Eric fucking Carlson, guys. Like, imagine having... I just can't... I, I can't imagine being a Sharks fan right now, how it's excited I would be. I don't know if I should make the cheap dick joke that you just set me up for or not. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's waiting for Joe Thornton to activate the D. So maybe this <laughs> yes. will be the year. Oh, hey. <laughs> I, oh, I saw you. I think you retweeted that article that we now have a chance of seeing Joe Thornton score four goals. Yeah, this could be the year, fam. I want to know. Get ready. I want to know how many times in a game Joe Thornton has taken four shots. It's I bet <laughs> you it's like ten. Yeah, yeah probably. Not I bet much. you there's ten games in his career he's taken four shots. Listen, I'm not going to stand for any Jumbo Joe slander on this podcast. Uh, hey, I love I love Jumbo. Don't get me wrong. He just doesn't he doesn't like to shoot. That's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah. But looking at what the Sharks and I want to start on the Sharks blue line because they made the biggest move of the offseason, trading for Eric fucking Carlson. Um, they now have him, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, Justin Braun. I mean, even guys like Brendan Dillon down on their third pair. Do they now have, like, are they challenging a a Nashville or a Tampa or a Winnipeg for the best blue line in hockey? I feel like, yes, but I also feel like they're almost apples and oranges because I feel like the, the Sharks defensive core is more like an offensive defensive core, whereas... The Preds have more defense, like defense in like the more traditional sense. So I, 
I think you can almost see they're equally as good. They're just different. I think they're in the convo. I, I think Car- I mean, you got Eric Carlson. You're immediately in the convo. I yeah. still would take Nashville over them. Um, but I think it's partially just because I, maybe this is a controversial opinion, but I'm not a huge Brent Burns fan. Like he's good, but it's funny. I've always sort of, it's funny now that he's on the same team as Eric Carlson, because I've always viewed Brent Burns as what hockey people mistakenly think Eric Carlson is in that yes. Brent Burns is basically just a forward who plays defense. Yeah. Uh, whereas, I was just going to, that's exactly Eric what Carlson I was going to is say. actually a very good defenseman. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say, Charlie, is Brent Burns is a fourth forward on the ice who happens yeah. to stand behind the forwards, whereas Eric Carlson is a defenseman by trade. Yeah, yeah I exactly. need you guys to know that Brent Burns has a zoo, like owns a zoo. In his beard? In Texas. <laughs> in like, beard. it's a ranch that's his and has exotic African animals on it. Is that, that he legal? takes care of so, and breeds. Like, what kind of exotic African animal? Like zebras. He's got a fucking zebra? He's got multiple zebras. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's my new favorite player. You so, need, like, I'm going to send you the link after this because there's videos oh my God, that's on amazing. the line. I mean, to piggyback off of, of Steph's very relevant comment, <laughs> as, like, as unlikable as the ducks are, I feel like the sharks are just, like, infinitely likable. They're uh, like their team Steph, is full you, of good personalities. Steph, you hate beards. I do hate beards, and also Evander Kane. Yeah, it sucks they have. Well, Evander yeah, Kane. him. He doesn't count. Yeah, it's no, sort of like he when, definitely counts. It, it's sort of like with Nashville. Like for years, they had Mike Ribeiro, and it's like, man, I like Nashville except for that guy. Listen, every team's gonna have an asshole, whether you know it or not. We just That's happen fair. to know about those guys. Um... Well, because I, they're felons. Well, yeah, because they got caught. Uh, because they got called out. That's that's basic. I, I think there's a lot more felons out there than you would than you would guess. Uh, I am. Not I mean, I don't have to, to tell them a pass because of anything that may or may not have happened with anybody else. Okay. Uh, I will say I read this in Thirty One Thoughts talking about uh, Friedman talking about the sharks and how. They're not afraid to trade for guys in the last year of uh, in the last year of their contracts, as they have now with Carlson. They did it with Evander Kane. Um, the The quote was: "The Sharks, already a force, are even better. They like to bet on themselves, just like with Evander Kane, with Martin Jones, with Brent Burns, with Joe Thornton. All of those players were traded to Silicon Valley. None of them left. It's a great place to live, work, and play." Uh, and I, we don't always think of it as a destination, uh, the way, oh, yeah, I want to go to L.A., I want to go to New York. And when you look at the guys that they've brought in and kept, wow, it does seem like a really good destination. And when you think about it, yeah, the Bay Area is cool as fuck. Who wouldn't want to live there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you're a millionaire, so it's, like, totally cool. Um, but I will say about the about the Sharks, I love seeing a team go all in. Like they recognize what they they were all like. They tried to get John Tavares and struck out, and they didn't just okay. Well, we're gonna do these other ancillary moves and hope it works. No, they went. They looked for the next big fish, and the next big fish was Eric Carlson, and they got him. And I really like seeing a team go. Yo, we don't have that much time left with these guys. We need to win one because it's. Wow, it's been a little run, and that's the other reason I've adapted the, adopted the Sharks now as my Western Conference team 
if you'll click this little Google Doc link here, I have a little inf inf infographic comparing the Sharks 2003-04 through the present to the Flyers 94-95 through 2011-12. They've basically been on the exact same run of like being right there. The Sharks are the Flyers' Western Conference brethren. I had not realized this, but looking at what you've put together here, it's hard to argue with that logic. The way we've <laughs> talked about how the uh, since the Caps won, we're going to call Tampa the new Caps. Like, the Flyers and the Sharks are the same. So, yeah, so now the Sharks are on that, they're on, like, the last bit of this run. Yeah, where... they're on the last, we have to get it done part. Yeah. They're like the 04 Flyers. Like, if not now... Some of our players may die on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting about the Sharks, and credit to Doug Wilson for recognizing this, but you know, maybe it's because we don't watch them as often since they're on the West Coast, but you know, the age of some of their key players surprises me. Uh, like, everybody knows Thornton's old. Like, no shit, yeah. he's an old guy. He's been around forever. But, like, Vlasic's 31. Brent Burns is 33. Logan Couture, who I assume was younger than this, is 29. Joe Pavelski is 34. Like, their their core is really getting close to the point where they're not going to be core anymore. So I credit Wilson for, for recognizing that and being like, you know what? Our four or five best players, they're not going to be our best players in two years. So let's try to win now. Like, the only guy on that team that I would say is like a core player who is young is Tomas Hurdle, and that's it. Like, everybody else is either in their prime or just exiting it. Like, they need to win now. Yeah, and they've, just... been, they've been close so many times that you kind of... I mean, I kind of... If it's not going to be the Flyers, the, the Sharks are the kind of team that I would not hate to see win. I'll put it that way. I'm sick I... of them. <laughs> Steph just hates good teams. She hates consistent teams. She wants to see a flash in the pan win every single year. No, I don't think you're wrong, actually. Vegas was, <laughs> Vegas was like the perfect team for Steph. They literally yeah. came out of nowhere and were immediately good. Who, the Glitters? Yeah. If, yeah. If, if the Golden Knights are in first place in, like, January, I foresee Steph turning on them. <laughs> yeah, she's going to have enough of their bullshit by that point. No, it would have to. Like, they need another year. If they, like, lose in the second round this year, Steph's going to burn Pierre-Edward Belmar at the stake. Probably. <laughs> All right, so who's with me? Who's with me on the Sharks cheering this year? Is it just is it just you, Kelly? It's just me, but that's only because Joe Thornton has been my favorite non-flyer since Mike Richards left the league. <laughs> and, I um, mean, it's this was, like, 15 years ago or something now, but... The dude got traded and still won the MVP. That is absolutely incredible. I'm I'm not not rooting for them, if that makes sense. Like probably it does. I, I would say out of out of all the teams in this division, they're probably the team I'm rooting for the most. Yeah, I would say that. I mean like I kinda like Calgary to a degree, but I think I like San Jose more. And I guess for the NHL's sake, it would be nice if Edmonton was good again. But, yeah, I mean, out of this division, I probably like the Sharks the most. Let's get to the team that everybody here except me hates, even though I, I am abandoning them this year. I am now a Sharks fan, no longer a Kings fan. Uh, but the Los Angeles Kings, 
98-point wildcard team. They finished fourth in their division, swept by Vegas in the first round. Um, under the radar move almost. I feel like it's not getting the headlines. Maybe it should. But they added Ilya Kovalchuk uh, to a team that scored 239 goals last year. Uh, and the only playoff team that scored less was the Ducks. So they very badly, you know, needed to add some offense. And if nothing else, I, I bet you he can still score one-timers. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk can. So I think they I think the reason that no one's really continuing to talk about it is just because there were so many big free agency moves and trades. Yeah, I and feel like the Carlson before. drama kind of yeah. completely overtook anything that was happening with Kovalchuk. And we also just don't know what he's going to be. Like, he's been out of sight for so long. You know, we haven't watched him play much, I guess, aside from the Olympics, if you watch that. Um, But, like, he could come back and be awesome. This could be a Yager situation, or he could come back and be a shell of himself. We just don't know. That's maybe just because it was here, so I was, like, right on top of it, and it wasn't 3,000 miles away. But it just feels like Yager coming back was a bigger deal. Granted, Yager's Yager. Like, he's a legend. I'm just, like, I just, the story of him, like, talking to Montreal, talking to Detroit, not going back to Pittsburgh, eventually signing with the Flyers, I feel like it was just a bigger deal than Kovalchuk coming back. I also, and I don't know if this is just my own personal feelings that I'm projecting onto everyone else, but I feel like the way Kovalchuk left and the whole drama surrounding his coming back. I, I like I just don't think he's a very likable player at this point. I'm not sure that there's a lot of people who are like, "Oh man, I fucking love Ilya Kovalchuk. I can't wait to see him play again." Like he's kind of just seems like a a shit. And so yeah. I hope you hope you enjoy that all that money you stole from the Devils. Again, I'm right in my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, I mean, Yager's a better player. Yeah, yeah, he no, is. For like sure. I no said, Yager is an absolute legend. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I feel like it would have been a bigger deal. I will say, I really don't feel like getting into it about John Quick on this show. We've done that enough times. So I'm just going to say, this is a team that has Kopitar, a Selkie winner, and a Hart candidate. They just gave Drew Doughty the 11 million dollar extension. Jeff Carter is presumably coming back healthy after only playing 27 regular season games last year. Still scored 13 goals. Uh, and they have a starting goalie capable of, you know, backstopping a team to a Stanley Cup. Dustin Brown bounced back in a big way last year. 28 goals, second highest total of his career. Toffoli got back on track. Muzzin had a career year. Why don't I feel like this team is that good? Are you... Because they got swept by an expansion team. Yeah, that... that probably changed perceptions of how good they were i i'll say i'll say one thing this team is fucking old and that's the reason like that's the reason why i'm not high on them because they are fucking old like going through this roster kobotar's 31 kobolchuk's 35 dustin brown's 33 carter's 33 dowdy is 28 and he's like the young guy yeah fanuf is 33 alec martinez is 31 jake muzzin is 29 john quick is 32 like none of these guys are in their primes Toffoli's like the only one and he's 26 like this is I just I just can't see this team keeping like a strong pace for 82 games and then there's injuries that come into play like I don't know I just I feel like you need I feel like it really helps if you have that youth that can kind of 
push the vets and also keep the team playing at a high pace for a full season, and they just don't have it. They have nothing. Yeah, I was going to, like, I, as much as, you know, Claude Giroux bouncing back is a, is a, and Jake Voracek having his career year and all that stuff happening, as much as that's just a testament to them getting in great shape and having a great year, it's got to be, like, reinvigorating to all of a sudden see a couple of new guys in the locker room. Like, Travis Konechny, not jaded by a career in the league yet, like, just excited to be at the rink every day. You know, like, Ivan Provorov pushing fucking boulders up mountains. Like, that has to get you pumped that someone else is, like, where you were to see that. And also, it probably pushes them a bit to be like, yeah. all right, kids, I still got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll show you what I can do. No, you definitely don't want to be the old man, you know? They're going to they're gonna be calling you grandpa if you, like, you know, take a couple of games off for maintenance. I, I again, I am a believer in the Kings. However, with some of the teams we're about to get to, if one of these, you know, kind of mainstays in the division, the, the California teams, gets jumped, I do believe, chances are, it's the Kings. Yeah, I, could, I would think so, for sure. So let's get to one of those teams now, the Calgary Flames, another team I'm very interested in seeing this year. They had one of the big, biggest off-seasons in the league. They swapped out Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Uh, they wanted to get better uh, on face-offs, and Lindholm does that for him. He's been 55% over the last two years. Calgary was 19th in face-off percentage. They finished below 50%. Uh, Hannafin had a breakout year in his third year last year with 10 goals, 32 points. Uh, they kind of like, they even though Giordano and Hamilton was one of the best, if not the best pairing in hockey last year, they kind of like the, uh, they kind of like the, the combinations that they can put together this year without Hamilton, just because Brody and Hamonic was such a disaster last year. Yeah, it was and fun. they went out and signed James Neal. And I know we all have our feelings about James Neal, you know, the guy who throws elbows and everything. But I have to read you this quote from Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Uh, talking, he was asked about a guy on the Golden Knights last year who surprised him. And this is an interesting quote from, uh, from PEB. And he says, I'm not a hockey nerd like some other players, Belmar replied. I had to Google some of the guys. I would say James Neal. I saw him, saw how he carries himself like a superstar, and I was not sure about him. But the more I got to know him, the more important I realized he was. In the playoffs, the way he talked, most of us had never gone that far. He told us what to expect and how good we could be. Calgary is a good, young, talented team that kind of hasn't lived up to their expectations recently. Some of this leadership may be more valuable than we think. Yeah, I mean... Definitely seems like it could be, and I, f I feel like you said Calgary should have been better than yeah. they were last season, and this is a team I would like to see them kind of turn the corner and make the playoffs and make a little bit of noise, um, just because I think they have a lot of fun players, like obviously Johnny Gaudreau is super fun to watch, um, and it would just be nice to get some new blood in the playoffs in the western conference absolutely yeah i think I mark at, go ahead charlie sorry yeah i mean i look at this team like top to bottom and i say to myself like on paper they should be better than vegas now they're not probably because vegas is better coached but they should be like they have a better defense their top six is just as good and 
I mean, Mike Smith, I wasn't sold on him, but he had a pretty good year last year. Like they should, this team should be a like they're in the playoffs. Maybe they're not they're not a cup contender, but they should be a playoff team. And I don't know what they are because they went out and they basically tried to become the Carolina Hurricanes this summer. Yeah, I'm really concerned about the coaching change. They've got talent. Um, I, I'm not. Sh- I don't. I don't know what to make of them. I won't know what to make of them until I see them for the first few weeks of the season. I was uh, the the trade really surprised me, but when I started to read the the reasoning behind it more and more, and we can talk about the you know museum stuff and all that shit with Dougie Hamilton, but what it came down to was the Brody Hamonic pairing. Uh, was a disaster, and Hamilton Giordano was an amazing pair, uh, but it just they didn't have an effective top four. And Giordano Brody was effective prior to Hamilton's arrival. Uh, the hope is to reunite those two and give Hamilton Hamilton give Hannafin a shutdown partner in Hamannick, uh, and then have a really effective top four to pair with Mike Smith, who despite no one ever believing him in him, is a good goalie, and that top six Charlie was talking about, which has all the talent in the world. Yeah, I, I just, going after Bill Peters as your coach. That's the surprise. That was... Yeah, that like, is a... I mean, for years, I liked him, because Carolina's underlying numbers were always good, and you always just kind of looked at it and said, well, they just don't have high-end offensive talent. That's why they don't turn that big shot differential edge into goals. But when every year it's the same problem over and over again, yeah, it could be the personnel, but you start to wonder, like, is this just the way he coaches his team? Like, are they just a team that outshoots everybody, but their goalies suck because when they give up shots, they tend to be shots the goalies can't stop. And this is just going to be them. And it's going to be an interesting case study having him in in Calgary because clearly people around the league like him. If he immediately, you know, he left Carolina and immediately got a job with Calgary. And then he immediately basically takes two of his guys with him. You know, he gets Hannafin and Lindholm in a trade, both from Carolina. They went out, they signed Derek Ryan, also from Carolina. Like, Steph jokes a lot about, you know, Tampa's just basically reconstituting the, the Rangers but like at least the Rangers in the early part of this decade were a really good team. Carolina's never been good. And they're like it's like they're trying to recreate a team that was never good. Yeah, it's very strange. It's I feel like Calgary and Carolina are both teams that like have been living off of potential and it's like, "Oh, well, look at what they have on paper." It's like if we just combine them, maybe they'll deliver. <laughs> Like if we just, <laughs> our powers combined. If we just morph these two teams into one, then they can actually become the team we want them to be. Uh, and all right, now let's get to a team that Jesus Christ. I mean, if you have Connor McDay, the Edmonton Oilers had seventy-eight points last year. For comparison, <laughs> that's five better than the Vancouver Canucks, who are trash. All right. That's two wins and, a, and an overtime loss difference from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they finally got Darnell Nurse signed two years, $3.2 million annually. They have less than 800000 in cap space. Only St. Louis, a legit cup contender, and Detroit, a dumpster fire, have less. Um, 
Is this team just counting on McDavid to be Gretzky, hoping <laughs> Lucic and Talbot bounce back and just crossing their fingers? Is that what? Is that the hope? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think they know what they're doing. That's, <laughs> okay. I think, the problem there. And this, Edmonton bums me out, man, because Connor McDavid is so ridiculously good and so fun to watch, and they are just doing everything possible to ruin his career. It's just, it's remarkable. Like, he he truly is, at this point, the best player in the game. And even he could not do anything to help that horrible roster last year. I, I don't even I don't even know what to say about this team that hasn't already been said by us. I, I mean they're they're a, a dumpster fire with Connor McDavid. Like that's Yeah, I mean they're Peter Shirelli just doesn't he's not a good GM. I don't understand why he continues to get and keep work, but they're never going to be able to do anything until they have someone in the front office who knows what they're doing. And he has proven time and time again over the course of his career that he doesn't. Can you imagine can, okay. can you imagine how bad this team would be if the first time Edmonton plays Chicago this season, uh Brandon Manning breaks Connor McDavid's collarbone again? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Like, they would be, like, historically bad if that happened. I've I've definitely, like, harped on how good Leon Dreisaitl is on this show. But like, he can't carry a team. McDavid can't even carry this team. <laughs> That's the thing, is this, like, Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey. And, you know won the Art Ross last year. So, like, he performed like the... It's not just talent. It's he performed like the best player in hockey last year. And they had 78 points. And that's with McDavid on an ELC. Like, you could have gone out and gotten anybody with the amount of money you have if your superstar is making 900 grand and... Like, they were terrible. Uh, I did did like reading this about Connor McDavid because... You know, we call him the best player in hockey, and he is. Um, but per NHL.com, and I pulled this out of 31 Thoughts as well, in case anyone was wondering what I used to write up the outline this week. Uh, per NHL.com, only one of Connor McDavid's 87 career goals is via slap shot. The greats always find something to perfect, and McDavid's one-timer was a focal point in the offseason. Uh, he worked with Steven Stamkos on one-timers. Edmonton's power play was dead last in 2017-18. And McDavid is basically taking it upon himself to say, you know, there's one thing I don't do well, so I'm going to start doing that well too. This guy's going to have to have 150 points this year. Probably. I mean, and the sad thing is that even that probably won't help them. Yeah, that's what we're like... The top three teams in the division all broke 100 points, and the Kings got a wild card with 98. That's 20 more points than, like, are the Oilers 10 games better than they were last year? So I'm, I'm going to So I'm gonna say this. I do think the Oilers, I think the Oilers will be in the playoff race this year. Probably. Because I don't think that Cam Talbot is going to be this bad. Like, he had a 908 save percentage. I think he's a better goalie than that. I think he'll bounce back. 
I think their special teams, which if I remember correctly, were awful last year. Like it's one of those things where I imagine that has to be better. Like I don't think they scored much at all on the power play. And you would think that a team with Connor McDavid is gonna score on the power play because like he's the best player in hockey. So I think they're dead be last on the power play, and I'm fairly certain they were one of two teams worse than the Flyers on the penalty kill. Yeah, so I think the, the the special teams will be better. So you get better special teams, you get better goaltending. Yeah, I think you can pick up a fair amount of points. I think they'll be in the race, but it go it boils down to the fact that if you have Connor McDavid, the 22 year old best player in hockey, you shouldn't just be in the race. You should be a cup contender, and it's a complete failure that they're not. Yeah, I mean, I I do hope they bounce back because I think it's good for hockey if Connor McDavid plays in the playoffs it's just good once again this division is trash so they should they, they should be able to make the playoff i really don't it. think the division is that bad it's trash i mean you know like what the it, sharks... it, it, it looks worse because the other west division is so good yeah but like the sharks are loaded okay they are they are loaded the golden knights just won the western conference and got better uh, like Calgary got better. The Ducks are always in it. Like this is a competitive division. Uh, say what you will about the Kings, but they find a way into the playoffs. They just find a way. Uh, I just I don't see I don't see a playoff spot. Like there's only there's only five playoff spots potentially for for a division to get. Are they one of the top five teams? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they could be. I mean, I I could I could plausibly see them. I could see them finishing above Calgary. I could see them finishing above LA. I could even see them finishing above Vegas if the floor just falls out from under them. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's plausible. And the Ducks could suck too if if Carlisle goes full Carlisle. So maybe. I mean, I don't think. As I said, I don't think they're a cup contender. They could. I'm expecting them to be better. And some of these other teams, really, with the exception of the Sharks could very easily be worse than they were last year. So, maybe. Okay. Let's move on to... uh, My only note for this team is, what the fuck is this team? The Vancouver Canucks. Um, They have to get Jack Hughes, right? Like, I think they're the team in the league that needs him the most, except for maybe Ottawa, but they just don't deserve him because it's Ottawa. Like, no. If they win the lottery... Like the commissioner should just say, "Nah, we're doing it again." Well, I, I would, I would argue the team that probably needs Hughes the most is the Islanders. Probably, they have other good players, though. Like I have... think, and and it's funny that you say that, Charlie, because I think the Canucks are Islanders West. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, the, the the cool thing if the cool thing about the uh, the Canucks getting Hughes, this would be neat. Is they drafted Quinn Hughes. Yeah. So it would be like the new Sedins. You have the Hughes, the Sedins, but the Sedins, the Sedin brothers, and then the Hughes brothers. That would be neat. I'd like that. That would be weird as shit. I don't know if I want that. That's strange. I think I do. See, like, that even, would make me a Canucks fan. How weird is that? Other than apparently I would die for Brock Besser. The yeah, the Islanders like have Barzell. Like they have some good young players. Like other than Besser and maybe Bo Horvat. Like I just the Vancouver like. They went out and signed Jay Beagle. They gave Antoine. They gave <laughs> Anton Roussel four years and a modified no trade. Like, what is this team? They're the Islanders West. So the Islanders have, um, 
Oh my God, my na names are slipping. Um, Zezekis Martin and uh, Clusterfuck? Shufflebuck? Yeah, that is not who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the hair. Um, Barzell. Barzell. So Matt Barzell is Brock Besser. Okay. Um, uh, the guy from the Oilers. Jordan Eberle. Jordan Eberle is Bo Horvat. Okay. And then yeah. it's everybody else. Everybody She's not wrong, else. folks. That's, I want to ask, yeah. could they be, this team is going to be maybe the worst team in the league this year. Uh, but could they be fun losers with yeah. Besser and Horvat? Like, could they lose every game six to four and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Elias Pedersen fan and he's going to make that team. I, I think he's a, uh, he's a Calder contender. Elias okay. Patterson. So he could make them fun. Like, I could see him as, like, their first-line center, really. I mean, I think, I think Corvette could be could end up as, like, the 2C. So, yeah, like, add him to, to Besser and um, and Horvat. Like, that could be a cool trio. But they just have so much money tied up in crappy players that they're not going to be any more than that. They've got— They're not going to be the worst team in hockey this year. No? Hello, Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're collapsing. I, yeah, I they don't know got, how you could beat Ottawa for that title. I but like I will say as bad as as bad of shape as Ottawa is in and since their since their front office is so bad it might not matter like that other teams are in a worse spot. Like Vancouver has some good young talent, but like as they signed Jay Beagle, they gave Roussel 4 years. They have Louis Erickson signed for 4 more years at 6 million dollars. I think there's a chance that this team is worse than the Avs a couple of years ago. That would I be some feat. I don't I'm not going that far. I just think that like the, the the shitty part about their situation is that all these guys are locked up for so long. Yeah. And you know, you're just stuck where even when this team is at the point where maybe they're ready to get good again, they still are going to have all these guys under contract and even if there's compliance buyouts and buyouts in the next locker, they're not going to be able to buy out four guys. It's they're in. That's I think they're the team that just needs Jack Hughes the most. Just so maybe you can overcome some of that just by sheer. Okay, we have a superstar again. And also, they have fun young players, so it might be if they get Jack Hughes, might they might be fun to watch. Maybe they'll build something around them. I don't know. It might not be a complete waste of talent. Yes. Let's move now to the team that finished last in the Pacific, the 70-point Arizona Steph Drivers. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know you love your chicken out there. I really, really do. Uh, they, the Arizona Coyotes, they went out and signed Michael Grabner to a three-year deal worth $3.35 million annually. They acquired Alex Galchenyuk for Max Domi, and I only bring that up so we can talk about that Max Domi sucker punch for a second. You know I like the fights. I am all about the fights, gang. But he needs to sit down for a little more than the preseason than that shit. Like... Seriously. There's there's playing tough, and then there's just sucker punching a dude straight in the face. And, and also in the preseason, during meaningless games. I, like, what are you doing? I don't know how the league can say, hey, we're serious about concussions, and that's their, that's their justification for giving, like, two, three games for an otherwise clean hit that maybe, you know, grazes the chin because of a size difference or something. 
and then when somebody like purposefully socks a guy in the face with his bare fist I, I, and then he doesn't get a regular season game I am I'm never one to get too crazy about NHL player safety but that shit's nonsense this was really bad this was really bad a, a really bad move by Max Domi and a really bad decision by player safety it, it's just bad all around I've been trying to tell you people that Max Domi sucks Maybe now you'll listen. I well, never thought he was a superstar. No. He sucks. He's Fuck him. also kind of a piece of shit human being, so... Yeah. He can go away. I'd be fine with it. So, Charlie, did you have anything to say? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, Alex Galchenyuk, though, is a big pickup for the Coyotes. I think that they've made some good moves this summer... I say that about them, you know, every summer. <laughs> but I think that I think that they're in a good position to take a step forward this year. If Ranta can stay healthy, it's going to help them out a lot. That's one of the things I wanted to bring up about this team. Uh, I think their biggest move was signing Ekman Larson to that extension. Um, just saying, hey, we are actually in the business of putting together a good team. We're going to keep our guys who've been with us. I think that's just a good culture move. Even if maybe he's not an 8.25 million kind of player, um, I think it's it's worth it from a culture standpoint. But I did not realize the year Anti-Ranta had last year. He had a good season. Not, mm-hmm. not a full, like, superstar goalie's workload. But when he was in there, damn. Well, he was hurt. That yeah. was the thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny, Arizona Arizona is going to be a fascinating team to watch because, like, they could plausibly take a real leap this year. And I don't know if they can take a big enough leap to make the playoffs, but the second half of the season, they were pretty good. And yeah. I'm not just talking about, like, just respectable. Like, they were a pretty good Western Conference team the second half of the year. It was just their whole season was destroyed from the jump because they basically lost the entire month of October. They won one game against the Flyers. <laughs> oh, shit, that's right. That was their first win. When, yes, the, Flyers, yes. when the, the Flyers, Flyers played for hard for, like, a minute and a half at the end, Tied it up from, like, three down and then lost in overtime. Yes. I remember that shit. I was at that game. I actually went to a game as a fan, and for, like, 55 and a half minutes, it was pure freaking garbage. And then Well, good job. Don't do that ever again. Yeah, they decided to play hard for a couple of minutes and scored a bunch of goals, and then it all went to shit anyway. But they got that that all-important loser point. So, like, doing some quick math here, from January through the end of the year— the Coyotes were 20. They had 20 wins. They had 14 losses, and they had um, seven uh, seven overtime losses. So they were 20 and 21. Yeah, but they finished the yeah. But they finished the year. They were 10 six and one in March. That was a pretty darn good month. They yeah. were six five and one in February. They were one 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 in April. So like the last three months of the year, they were basically the Flyers. The last three months of the year. Christ. Just with better <laughs> cheekbones. No, I'm just kidding, because some of the Flyers have good cheekbones, too. But like they, like they could to... take a pretty big jump if they're actually the team from the second half with Anti with Ranta. They could. I, I would like, like to see to... them... Sorry, go ahead. 
Well, I like to tease Charlie and say that Jacob Chikrin is the Ivan Provorov of the Coyotes. <laughs> However, because of the cheekbones, or oh god, they they rival each other with the cheekbones. No, but he's a lot better than anybody knows because he plays for fucking Arizona. Well, he's on a team that dressed like Luke Shen and Nick Cousins and Zach Ronaldo a bunch of times last year, like. It's hard to win when you're counting on those guys. But they went out and got Michael Grabner, who you all know I'm in love with. Do we, like, when we say they can take a step forward, do we believe them to be in the playoff hunt? I don't think they can jump that far. But I am extremely here for them doing a lot better on the back of Alex Galchenyuk actually playing center just to make Montreal look worse than they already do. That would be super funny. I would be really into that. For that alone. I think they could make a push for the playoffs. And I'm not saying top three, but maybe a wild card spot. I mean, yeah. I think that they could. I just think there's so many teams in the division with better rosters. Yeah. They'd have to play really above. And granted, we just watched Vegas do it basically wire to wire from the first night of the season up until the Stanley Cup final. So it's not out of the, out of the realm of possibility that a team in the desert just overachieves for an entire season. But, like, I just see five teams in this division with much better rosters. I would give a kidney to see Arizona make the playoffs and none of the California teams. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. It would I, be, I'd literally it would be funny. Funny. to anybody who needed it. <laughs> what if I just won it and I'm going to keep it on hold? <laughs> well, that's just wasteful. No, I would I would I would do that with a liver, not a kidney. Um Livers regenerate, that's fine. Oh, okay. All right, gang, I think that is our Pacific Division preview. Um because we didn't really get a chance to talk about him much, just to wrap up real quick here, thoughts on Carter Hart? He's actually good. He sure looks Starter good. Hart. Starter <laughs> Hart. I really like that. Yeah, it has oh, a nice geez. ring to it. I At a certain point, if he's just the best goalie, doesn't he have to make the team? No, because Ron. No. I mean, it's not, not going to happen. They're not going to. I mean, I, I can't imagine, right? Like, no. It's not going to happen. That's what I keep no. saying to myself, Charlie. But also, you can't tell me it's about winning this year and not play the best players. It's not going to happen. I agree with that for most positions except for goalie. Because I just don't know. Like, I, I, I read your tweet earlier today, Bill. You made some tweet about Hart. And I think the reason why people are more why most people are more like gung-ho about this heart as starter thing is that everybody just seems to be taking it on faith that he's really good. And yeah, I want to believe that he's really good, but I won't fully believe it until I see him be really good for like 20 games as a pro, because I've seen so many goalies who are really good in juniors suck as pros. Like it's just, there's so many of them. So he needs to show it to me. Like, I want to believe that he's this good, and he certainly is looking in preseason, but I'm just not there yet. And it seems like everybody else in the fan base is, so that's where the disconnect is. There he's going to show us, so it's, it's fine. Happen. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Alex Lyons hurt. You know, we'll see. That's it. Michael Neuvert is not. Brian Elliott is not. Those are the starters. Yeah, not yet. There's still a couple preseason games left. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> still plenty of time. 
Right, that is all the time we have for you on Ice Sport Radio this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, we really appreciate you guys hanging in with us till the end on Patreon. Uh, you're the best for people hearing this a week after we recorded it. Welcome to your uh, first real exposure to a full episode of Ice Sport Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. For Charlie, for Steph, for Kelly, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.